Welcome into a very moody sports show. I'm Daniel Moody. And this is Zach Whittington. Feels good to be back. A little break, a little hiatus. It, it's hot outside. It's, it's summertime, drinks are flowing, the good times are rolling, and uh, now the mics are rolling again. Episode, mics are hot. Episode 86. Um, How's it feel? Feels good, man. I'm glad to be back. Uh, Obviously, we apologize for the unannounced three weeks off, I think it was, you know? Two and a half. Two and a half, something like that. You know, we've been we've been busy, lots of stuff going on. We're midsummer. I think everybody gets it. Summer vacation. Zach, what type of vacation are you? Are you a beach guy? Are you going to like the mountains? <laughs> staycation, maybe? Wow. So I uh, didn't even think about staycation. Actually, it's funny you say that. I'm going on vacation this week, Dan. This oh. Saturday, I'm leaving for the beach. This is gonna be my first extended vacation since before the 2008 recession dude like i can't i haven't been on a five to seven day trip since i was family vacation yeah yeah this is my my first family vacation i haven't been on a trip like this i've been on a bunch of three-day weekend trips which let me tell you you're driving for half those trips you drive you set up you show up you're tired you force yourself to go do something for a day and a half and it's time to leave you know so it's and then you got to go back to work. I'm taking a full week, sitting on the beach, Garden City, and uh, ideally, if this week goes perfectly, I will get there without any problems. I will unpack. There will be no drama. I will proceed to get drunk on the beach, sit in the sun, not get sunburned. No sunburn. Take your... I'm going to have a big SPF hat. SPF 40, 70, 50, uh, whatever it is. And I'm smart, man. I know, I'm know i kind of a pasty white guy. I'm not out here to get Brazilian bronze. <laughs> I'm not out here to impress anybody with my body. I said I was going to get in shape for the beach. I completely done the opposite for six months. So I'm going out here with Hawaiian shirts, playing some cornhole five to six days straight. Maybe a round of golf in there. That would be a good idea. And, but then you can break the beach down because... Some people literally sit there and just tan and read a book and then never go to the water. I'm a mobile beach guy. Like, give me a football. Give me a Frisbee. I'll kick the soccer ball. I'm not into the beach games. I'm not playing bocce ball. Bocce ball's cool. I'm not out here playing sling the two golf balls on a string. I don't get that. To the PVC I don't get pipe. That. <laughs> I'm not out here building sandcastles. I'm out here dropping 40-yard spirals. Into a headwind coming off of the ocean, Daniel. <laughs> I'm out here drink, especially my older age, drink in one hand, one-handed football catches in the other hand. Oh, no doubt. Or, you know, perfect game. As you said, cornhole. Fantastic. Oh, cornhole. Cornhole's better than football. Football takes a lot of effort, honestly. But here's the thing. If you got some good partners on the beach, y'all all three, got a triangle maybe, all three, light passes, everyone's catching one-handed, Everyone's tossing one-handed. You're not making me run for the ball. No running. We're in place. We're in place. Put it on my chest, buddy. (laughs) And occasionally that ball gets wet, and then it's just... Then it's a little gross. And it's sandy. It's a little gross. And then you're done with the football at that point. Yeah. A little ultimate Frisbee on the beach. Cool. If you got a good little toss, a little disc to toss, if you will. What a segue, Um, Daniel. Did you see what I sent you on Instagram? I haven't watched it, but I'm assuming I know exactly what it is, Zach. So, okay. Major sports, step aside. The new coolest thing in the sporting world. Professional disc golf. So, 
I'm gonna before we get into it because I do want you to talk about it as somebody who witnessed it not being as avid of a because I'm an avid disc golfer. I've been disc golfing for like ten years, and like disc golf has been something that's been very fun to me the past like three years. And I actually have been watching a lot of this year's uh, tournament coverages on the weekends and stuff. So like, I was literally building up to this moment, and so like when it was World Championships. I was pumped that it was, and like it got major. Like I swear, man, well, disc golf is huge now. It's massive. Is it sponsored by Innova? Innova, yeah, Innova <laughs> disc golf. In, Innova. Of course it is. Yep, <laughs> awesome. So they pulled out all the stops, got the sponsors. Disc golf has made it from a game people didn't even know. It doesn't really get that much hate Dude. from the outside world. All things considered, let's look at sports like figure skating, soccer, lacrosse. They get hate from people, different yeah, people groups of don't people. Like those the sports. people who talk shit about soccer are the people who also are getting talked shit about through lacrosse and stuff like that. I mean, like football guys, they're the big sports. You make fun of these random sports and try to take away credibility for some reasons. And people try to take credibility away from like normal golf. Well, for even instance. even real sports, as you said, normal golf, but like NHL's one. Like, think, if you're not an avid NHL fan, you're like, ah, then you hockey. really don't care that much about the NHL. You don't think really take it that seriously at all. Well, the thing is that I'm trying to say about, like, lacrosse and soccer and maybe figure skating or ice yeah. skating, they, they, like, they try to make it not as intense. They try to say it's a sport for wimps or it's barely a sport. And you can see where disc golf falls into that, but I don't think disc golf gets that bad rap. I feel like people are like, okay, maybe it's just throwing Frisbee. But... It's and once you've played and you realize how poorly you can throw a disc <laughs> and how well you could throw a disc and how well other people can throw compared to you, like take this back to the beach. Some people throw a frisbee and it hits the ground, it's sideways the whole time, and it gets nowhere you're going. Some people are out there throwing it flat on a rope, In 60 yards, a foot above the ground, and they wanted to, yeah. you know. Same thing with this disc, and it brings me back to the Disc Golf Championship. This is like the Masters. It looks like you're in Augusta, and Tiger Woods is on the tee. You have a gallery of people going down both sides of the fairway, and I see this clip. Long hair, bearded James man. Conrad. James Conrad lines up on the last hole to send it to a playoff launches an ace 300 plus feet away yep and 80 foot i do believe it was with a crowd of people he throws it and you can hear the announcers as it's kind of like he throws it they change to the camera that's behind the basket it, basket just called basket and uh the announcer's like no 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 way hits the cup rings it hits an ace sends it to a playoff the gallery sprints onto the fairway as james conrad is sprinting down the fairway what a moment in sports. So, yeah, a few things there. I can break it down a bit. So, yeah, it was he was about 80 feet out, nailed the eagle, uh, tied himself with, with uh, Paul Macbeth, who is a five-time world champion. And uh, so he ties him in this next hole, the play uh, first playoff hole. He wins, uh, gets a birdie. Paul Macbeth gets a, a bogey or a par. And so... James Conrad wins off that playoff. And so, yeah, it's literally one of the most... People are calling that the greatest throw in disc golf history at this point because of just the fact that it is somebody that's never won a world championship 
unseating a five-time world champion in that manner and what was what what people consider one of the harder courses to play like in the u.s is in uh utah it's called the fort and like it's just one of the it's crazy hardcore so like just the fact that he did it fantastic shout out james conrad shout out disc golf for getting the love and man i would love to to compete in some tournaments aggressive myself it was aggressive throw too because break down the physics of that you're sending a, a disc in that hot at the basket it's do or die because if you don't hit the basket that well, disc is gone. Yeah, so a, You're lot out of putting dis- range. a lot of these discs have the ability to take good skips, and right behind that basket was actually an, uh, out of bounds. So if he goes out of bounds there, he's lost guaranteed. Um, so when he takes the shot, he's actually, they, they showed the camera from his view. He had no good view of the basket. He actually was leaning around the tree to see the basket, to see the basket on it, and then know? yeah when he throws it he's actually throwing what is a uh like in reality of how your throw actually should curve out at the end of the throw he's throwing the opposite way and so he's actually forcing that disc to go that way for that full 80 yards into the basket like that is one of the like legitimately one of the greatest throws you could see in disc golf ever so crazy insane but yes i zach i appreciate you bringing that up that's fun enjoyable stuff uh i'm dumbfounded i'm literally shaking my damn (laughs) head over here just thinking about it um so zach from the disc golf course um on to the soccer pitch wait before we go there we we go go. to real golf because last pod we talked about how john rom was disqualified for covid Pissed off John Rom came exactly. back. Exactly. <laughs> pissed off John Rom came and said, Give me the PGA championship. So since then, was it the US Open? It was the US Open. I do. It was the US, whatever it is. US Open. No, Phil Mickelson won the PGA championship. Yeah. I apologize. Sorry, Phil. But uh, John Rom wins the uh, US Open. One of the best weekends in golf. Um, it was really the top of the field was insane on Saturday and Sunday. The names you had uh, Jordan Speed. Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, all these names at the top of the leaderboard on Sunday, and it was coming down the wire, and John Rahm pulled it off. Had a He birdied out 17 and 18. Insane. Congratulations. That's all I got for golf. That's awesome, man. Hey, man, I, you know me. I love watching some golf at this point in my life. Just sitting down, watching some gr- guy whack a ball really, really well because I can't do it. Um, Zach, the triumph. Our triumph boys, they have, they have not been so triumphant since last we spoke. Um, I do believe last time we talked, we were coming off a 1-0 win against Tormenta. Since then, the triumph have been had two losses uh, on the road, both on the road. Uh, one to North Texas, who was very upset after we beat them 4-0 in the uh, early season. Or earlier in the season, so they came out. They were pressing hard. They were wanting to play hard, and uh, they end up getting a three-nil uh, result against us. Actually, I think it was three-one result. Um, and then we go to Tormenta again, I do believe, and we lose again on the road at Tor. We lose it on the road at Tormenta. Um, that one one-nil. Um, and a lot of these losses coming off the triumph, having a lot of injuries recently. Um, Lachlan McLean has been out. Don Smart got hurt. I do believe the Tormenta game it was. And then uh, you just recently got Evan Lee back. He was out for these 
for pretty much all five of mm. these games. By the way, Triumph sort of did it to themselves, I've learned recently. Andy was sort of talking to me about it. He told me that uh, just due to us opting into moving some games for US, uh, the Open Cup that got canceled, we apparently had set ourselves up. We played five games in 13 days. Tough. Very tough. It was unfortunate. And uh, in the middle of this, we're sitting there with no players at all, basically. The entire, you were, I mean, you saw the home game, Zach. It was tough. I mean, we were having to come back from hmm. down. Two quick goals to go down. Uh, Against North we, Carolina. Yeah, we were playing North Carolina down 0-2 in the 15th minute. Yeah. And then uh, brought it all the way back, got the draw. But like Dan said, hadn't it, we've gotten one win, two losses, two draws over the last five. Five, that's, and that's 13 days. That's tough. All things considered, second in the league. You're only three points back of uh, Union Omaha. Honestly, could be a lot worse. But lot for a worse. team that wanted to come out and assert its dominance and third year in a row, essentially, but a, a year in which we have the championship, hopefully this team can just get it together more towards the – the final or the playoffs anyways, but you got a factor too. It's hot. It's we're playing we're playing with humidity and heat and you gotta get a sub sometimes. And we're playing limited players, so you know, a well, lot of factors here. Well this past uh that Wednesday is when we played North Carolina. This past Sunday we played Chattanooga on the road and we actually drew got a draw with them one one. And uh thing to note off of that uh was you didn't have Noah Pilato, but uh, out in the center in, in center of the field, and I think that's a big struggle for us not having Noah to work with Aaron Walker. I think them two together control the center field a lot. Um, so once Noah gets back, that'll be ideal. But we did see at the end of the game, uh, John Hark subbed in Evan Lee right towards probably like 15, 20, 10, 10 minutes left in the game there. And so ideally... Now we're about to be back on the Saturday, uh, one game every Saturday for a little while here. Uh, we'll be able to get a couple road games uh, here soon. So hopefully with that all happening, having some rest and stuff, we'll be able to get everybody back. Well, I think once we have Evan Lee back in the back line, we'll stop giving up so many goals. Right now I think there's just not there's not enough presence of just like a veteran, confident, uh, guy in the center to help Fricky. I think Fricky's great, but Fricky struggles when you're depending on him to be that guy, I feel like. And so. in defense of the defense, Dallas J, while some of the goals are just amazing and you couldn't do anything about them, he makes some boneheaded decisions sometimes out there on the field. Like, he won't clear the ball properly, makes his own job a little harder sometimes. Like you, Sometimes you just gotta lay down on the ball, take 30 seconds, boot that shit 60 yards. Like, well, you know, like yeah, I think you're right, absolutely with that. That's like you do see it, and there's times when Dallas, in general, with like corners and stuff, he's going to struggle just because he's not as tall as everybody. So like he has a lot more work to do to get up over uh, offensive players trying to head the ball in. Um, but another note too is like sort of us struggling, like a lot of that, like us struggling. We started out playing North Texas on the road, gave up three goals. It was literally when Dallas J was coming off of playing international for Guam, and he literally played like a, multiple games uh, just over the past couple weeks, and then they flew him straight to Dallas and played him that night. It's like he probably should have come home and rested. We probably should have not started him that game in reality. 
but you know that's all the way in the history that's in the past now so we're where and we're, i will say where this team at is right now at 17 points ideally you're looking to get like if you can get up into the 30s for points wise you know if you win the rest of your home games and maybe you can get a couple two couple more wins on the road or you know a good few draws on the road you're going to be sitting perfect prime time to be a you know, able to host a playoff game or even potentially get that first round by because it's going to be a sixteen playoff with two, uh, one and two having a first, uh, first round by. So, I think the triumph are in prime position still right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, I just hit you with mm-hmm at the end of that, but uh, that's pretty much it for the triumph. We're just in the middle of middle of action right middle now. Middle action, man. But I still, I love having the Triumph back full season. I mean, right now, we would be getting to the half of a pretty much the end point of the season if this was another truncated te- season due to the pandemic. But, you know, full season, 28 games. We're just about halfway through at this point. I am pumped for the end of it. Man, oh, man. Man, oh, man. I'm just thinking about the NBA segment already. Oh, because my gosh. I have dug myself a little bit of a hole, and I have a stance that I am going to stand firm on. And, Staying with it. I mean, I'm still correct at this point. Like, just you're doing nothing for me here, and I've a. Uh, so obviously, I'm referring to Devin Booker. What is my stance on the Devin stance Booker? Is that <laughs> Devin Booker is not the reason the Suns are in the playoff and doing great. It's Chris Paul. Exactly. Period. Exactly. Chris Paul should have gotten more MVP votes this year. Here. My whole gripe, let's take it all the way back to the origin Day story. one. Devin Booker, fine player, whatever. He didn't even start for Kentucky. He came off the bench for Kentucky in college. Still drafted first round as a freshman. Goes to the Suns. One or two years in, he's 20 years old. He dropped 70 points in an overtime loss. Awesome. First guy to drop 70 since, or hit the 70 mark since Kobe dropped 81 years ago. So what's everybody do? Oh, he's Kobe Bryant-esque. He plays just like Kobe. He looks like Kobe. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Jason Tatum looks like Kobe Bryant when he plays basketball. Devin Booker does not look like Kobe Bryant. Here's the thing. Just because you score the basketball doesn't mean you're Kobe Bryant. Everyone scores the basketball in today's league because no one can play defense. Kobe Bryant was first-team all-defense. He was an MVP. He had three titles by the time he's the age Devin Booker is now. And we're comparing Devin Booker to Kobe Bryant. We're mm-hmm. saying Devin Booker's the next Kobe Bryant because he can make a couple clutch shots. Which I don't really think he's that clutch. He has like, what, one or two game winners ever? But this Suns team has made this miraculous run, probably the best, one of the best runs ever, to the Western Conference Final, and they're one game away from making the finals, I think, right? There's only one win yeah. away at this yeah, point. Yeah, they're, they're up 3-1 on the Clippers at this point. Which, wow. The Clippers Cl- without the, Kawhi. The Kawhi-less Clippers, so... Another year of injuries coming off the pandemic year, the bubble year, where that Lakers team has an asterisk by their championship. The asterisk being proposed on this championship is that everyone's injured. But here's Devin Booker. Here's the Suns with a semi-injured Chris Paul who's been literally the only addition to the team since Mm -hmm. last year. Was out for game one and two due to COVID protocols. Mm -hmm. And they went 2-0 on those, and they've went 1-1 since the games Chris Paul was back. Well, let's talk about just Chris Paul as a whole. DeAndre Ayton said that Chris Paul is single-handedly the best player he's ever played with, the biggest influence on his career. Let's stop right there. 
if Devin Booker's Kobe Bryant 2.0, why is DeAndre Ayton saying Chris Paul, this 36-year-old washed-up point guard, is the best player he's ever played with, most influential? It's like, isn't the Kobe Bryant protege over here, Kobe Bryant Jr., with a broken nose and a mask, which he got 15 points in his mask game after uh, yeah. Instagram predicted him to be the next Batman? So all of this negativity surrounding Devin Booker is just me saying, He's not Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant has five titles. Kobe Bryant has three MVPs. Or one MVP. I don't know what. He's got three finals MVPs. He's Kobe Bryant. (laughs) And you're putting Devin Booker there just because he can shoot the (laughs) three-pointer? Come on, guys. Come on, basketball world. Come on, basketball world. I've been watching NBA for a long time. Devin Booker's not Kobe Bryant. He's not even close. He's not even close. And if they win the title, he's still not going to be close. All this... DeAndre Ayton is a big factor for the Suns getting this far. He's been Jay fantastic. Crowder, you got some good players. Campaign had 29 points. Did you know that uh, the Suns, their first win of the series uh, at home, Devin Booker, I think, went like 45. His first uh, triple-double 10 and 11. of his career. First triple-double, that's crazy to me. Is that crazy to you? It seems crazy to me. That's Sick. His LaMelo first. Ball had his first triple-double earlier this year. Exactly. That's like, that was insane. How's that his first triple-double? Russell Westbrook gets a triple-double literally every single night. And they treat Devin Booker's triple-double like it's sliced bread, dude. Just the same way Kevin like Durant got gonna... treated like he was a demigod because he dropped 48 points and airballed the final shot and got eliminated in the second round. People treated Kevin Durant like he was amazing. I'm like, Trey Young came out and dropped 48 points the next night. And nobody batted an eye. And I'm like, everyone scores points. Everyone scores points. It's That's not the totality of this story. The Suns, we get it. Devin Booker, you scored points a few times. But if you didn't have Chris Paul, guess what? You wouldn't be in the Western Conference Finals. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I do agree with you that there's like the comparison factors for for Booker to Kobe. I do remember. I remember them talking about that, and like it is ridiculous. But like, I think like game one, for example, and like you mentioned, the Trey scoring forty eight. It's like those games when you're scoring forty five along with the triple double, and you're doing your uh, KD forty eight points, trying to carry whatever the hell extra pieces the Nets got together for you. I'm tired um, of that narrative, too. I am... The narrative quickly went from the Nets are unstoppable to the Nets are a broken team being carried oh. by Kevin Durant. James Harden was on the floor. Blake Griffin played every single game. I'm a Charlotte Hornets fan. Give me James Time, Harden and Blake Griffin. Time out now, Zach. <laughs> I will not be spoken to as a person who was in support of this Clipper. Of this, I, I said this Nets team was going to struggle because they were built around Kyrie, KD, and James Harden, who of those three, the only person who can play defense is J- is Kevin Durant. And with James Harden being as injured as he was, like the man was a non-factor in reality. But like, yeah, I don't think the rest of that team was great. Like Blake Griffin was out there your entire time. That's why you lost in the second round of the playoffs, guys. I'm going to let you know. Like if you thought Blake Griffin was the reason you were going to win it, I don't know let's put what apple, you're doing. Let's put apples the apples the apples here. Let's take the Nets with a healthy Kevin Durant, a somewhat injured James Harden, and Kyrie's out. Let's compare them to the Suns. You have a healthy Devin Booker. You have a semi-hurt Chris Paul. Let's take DeAndre Ayton completely. I was going to say DeAndre Ayton's your difference factor for sure. But like when you're talking about it, 
I still think like Chris Paul is more effective right now with a like somewhat of an injured shoulder than James Harden, who same premise as uh, Bogdanovich, who for the Hawks, who during the Sixers uh, series, which like we desperately really needed him and we got lucky that we were able to get through without him. Like Bogdan, when he was out there, when it's a leg injury, it's a quad or a little hamstring or something like that. If you can't get lift, same thing with Joel Embiid. That knee was messed up. When you can't get lift, your shot is altered. You cannot be as effective because you are not getting to the peak of your shot. You're not in the routine. Like, Embiid missed blatant layups just right at the rim because his knee was so bad and he wasn't able to lift off of that leg. I mean, I understand injuries, and I'm not trying to speak so, for it, but, but Kevin Durant playing with a bunch of mismatches is just not true. You have literally more all-stars on your team combined than the anyone else in the playoffs. Like, Blake Griffin and Kevin Durant should be enough in the East. <laughs> I don't, against what I think the and they, the Nets lost to the Bucks in seven, but, like, in reality... Like that Bucks team is pretty good, and like the Bucks team had a couple games where they hit. Like, if the Bucks team doesn't have Forbes go off like for eight threes against the Net, and I think it was game one or two, like the Bucks probably aren't winning that series. So like, there is some like random rotation pieces that help the Bucks win that, but like I do think in reality when you're like looking Giannis, Chris Middleton, and then Drew Holiday versus Kevin Durant, and then somewhat good James Harden and uh, Blake Griffin, even sub in Blake Griffin for, you know, wh- whoever else you got that was going, uh, what was a uh, Bruce Brown that was going off? Yeah. Well, like, with I that still being don't said, consider them comparable. The Bucks were, as a lot of people said, and I'm about to argue this point, an inch away, a toenail away, a shoe size away from being eliminated because Kevin Durant made, a two-pointer from the top of the key with one second left to put them up one, but it was ruled a two-pointer, not a three-pointer, and it sent it to overtime. Kevin Durant goes 0 for 5 in overtime, doesn't score. They lose the game. But I'm, I don't like that. I don't like ESPN, Fox, everybody said he wore a size 18 because it's more comfortable. He wears a size 17 normally. He he really won the game, except his foot was on line. No! His foot Part of the shot is getting behind the line. And if it's a question, or if you're if it's that big of a situation, don't even get close to the line. Get further away. Ray Allen wasn't close to the line when he won that shot in Miami to not keep the uh heat from being eliminated against the Spurs in the corner. It's I well, this, see, is, this is another thing. Kevin Durant was congratulated for making that mistake. And they gave him excuse of his shoot. No, get your foot behind the line. Win the game. The, Awareness. So the only mm. narrative I'm comfortable with going off of like the Nets not having like exactly an ideal season. Cause like in reality, even like you said, even without Kyrie out there, or even without James Harden, like you were out reality probably with Kevin Durant should be able to go out like and I use the Hawks as an example. Trey Young is the only all star on that team. Who's now hurt? That, who is now hurt, and that team is being carried a lot by Trey Young, but like he's doing it. So like Kevin Durant, like you probably could have carried them past the Bucks, but I will say for Kev, the only thing I do agree with the narrative that's a positive narrative narrative coming off of this is the fact that you did finally see what 
I think KD was setting out to do, where he is care he is sort of be, he is the guy of the team, and that team is going where he's going. It's no longer you know Kevin Durant's great, and but if he has an off night, we got you know Steph Curry, we got Dray Draymond, we got Clay Thompson, and there there's nobody able to pull up narratives against him that's going to make him be like questioning himself, questioning if. This is a legitimate championship. But I think run that only like that. that only exists that that exists in that his narrative world. only existed for two games. Daniel, if if Kyrie wasn't hurt and James Harden was a hundred percent, the narrative would be super team running through the East. It wouldn't be Kevin Durant was Superman for two games, which he really wasn't. He was Superman for Game Five, for game five. laid an egg in Game Six, and then came back and wasn't good enough. Just because he scored forty eight, man. The, I understand it's the best game seven total ever. Guess what? It wasn't enough. You should have scored 51. Just like you could have made those free throws. Just like Paul George left the game on the line with two free throws the other night for the Clippers, and now they're about to get eliminated. You have to... I'm asking a lot of these players. I know I'm asking you to score 51, you score 48. <laughs> but don't... You you literally mock people who like say that you're not the best player in the world. You're literally talked about as the two best basketball players in the world. Physically dominate a game, take the question out. You I, know, like I just don't. I understand uh, where you're coming from, but be, to be a person who's like sitting on the couch or whatever, even like if you're not, even if you're like an ex basketball player saying that, score fifty. Okay, here's another idea, Blake Griffin. Don't let Giannis score every bucket on earth he wants. Hey, Bruce Brown. Don't brick a three when I give you a wide open three. I'm KD who just got you a wide open three. That's my thing hey, too. Is Steve Nash? All, everybody call put, a better package. Steve Nash yeah. put to be, put together a better roster before freaking Game Seven of the semifinals of the Eastern Conference. Maybe the front office helps KD out with that. That's my thing. Is we all point the finger at KD like you didn't do enough. Nobody else didn't do enough apparently. That is a full operation that has failed. Also. Why on earth was this team not out there trying to? <laughs> why? Like you're like you're like you know, Kevin Durant, and if we had Kyrie and J uh, James Harden out there, we know we would win. I'm like, do you? Because you only played all three of them together six games in the regular season. I don't think that's big enough sample size. You probably played the freaking sit th six worst teams in the NBA in that time, and you're like, oh, you know, we're just the best team ever. I'm like, no, you're not. Stop it. That's not how it works. Oh, Kevin Durant did great. Everybody else probably needs to step up their game a little bit because Kevin Durant got left on a damn island. But in all seriousness, then, congratulations to the Bucks, Giannis. There, you don't Bucks. have to blow it up for another year at this point. And Chris Middleton, right now, yeah, Chris <laughs> right Middleton, now. thirty-eight points. Giannis, thirty-four combined for like almost eighty. Middleton closes the game. Giannis says he's our closer. I'm gonna be sad the day he retires. Um, basically says, I trust Middleton at all points to shoot. And this comes from your alpha, your egoless alpha, which I'm down with, bro, is let that dude, if, if, if I had a teammate, let's just talk about pickup basketball. We're not going to overcomplicate things with ego. He said, she said, I'm the best, I'm better, I am get paid the most. Daniel, you and I are on a basketball court. We're playing two-on-two -two against somebody. I run to a wide open three and there's a man on you. Are you going to take a contested shot or feed me confidently feed on the three you. point? Exactly. If I'm covered and you're running to the basket and I hit you a bounce pass and you're wide open and you're going to make a layup, I'm, I'm going to pass up. it to you, bro. <laughs> like that's what happens. 
it's the end of the game. I'm going to pass it to the best shooter who's open. I mean, or a guy who can get you a bucket and close it. I mean, I just don't understand how that's a negative for Giannis. Like, just because he doesn't have toxic masculinity or to treating it as a negative because he's an athlete. Well, and you, this is actually something that you saw with the Jazz, who, with Rudy Gobert, unable to stop because the, they were... They were beating the Clippers, lose to the Clippers in a Game 7 that you probably shouldn't have lost as the Jazz. And it's because Terrence Mann is just dropping dimes in Rudy Gobert's face because Rudy Gobert's face is in the paint still. Why on earth, as a coach, do you go, you know, he makes all the big bucks, so we just got to leave him out there. No, you're trying to play for a championship. You got to pull that man out and put somebody that's going to guard Terrence Mann. Sometimes and I understand. that's a front office call. That's, the, a fr- that's literally where Quinn Schneider's walking out to the game and the owner of the team or the GM is in the tunnel and stops him and says, he gives him a wink, which means you better not take Rudy Gobert out like we told you in that phone call earlier today. You know? <laughs> that is ridiculous to think that and like that right there like is why the Bucks went the Bucks don't win the game last night against the Hawks to go up 2-1 on the road uh without Chris Middleton going off like that and had them being willing to go Chris Middleton you have the ball at the end but of the that's game, apples to oranges to me because you're talking about you have two max players obviously one is your superstar your two-time MVP one is your guy you probably might have overpaid. But they're on the court at the same time, and that's a power struggle issue versus we're talking about taking your max player off the court. He cannot help you when there are five shooters on the floor, which I understand. The NBA's changed, and you heard me go off on Rudy Gobert last pod for getting another defensive player of the year when all he, he's he's just a huge guy who gets blocks. He is He's not a defensive player of the year. You cover all five positions if you're yeah. a defensive player in this today's age. If you get roasted by Terrence Mann for 39 points on the three-point line, you ain't you're not the defensive playing defensive player, player of the year. I hate it for you. Just because you're tall and you get blocks because you're one of the two to three big guys who actually stays in the paint nowadays, you're not defensive player of the year, man. You're, you're a COVID spreader. <laughs> licking mics. You're licking mics, pissing off Donovan. Man. So, yeah, that's... I do think. Yeah, what was right. your take on you're, French people? So, so, <laughs> what was that take you had on French people? Uh, they uh, they say they 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 they, uh, they spit at the they end spit of the at the end of every sentence. All, <laughs> everything they say just like at the end. Oh my gosh! On that, no more NBA episode eighty six. Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward. So everybody knows a lot about Heinz Ward. He Go was dogs. One, one of the first tough guys I was ever exposed to. I started watching football around the Bill Cower. Um, the bus, Heinz Ward, Big Ben's first runaround Super Bowl. That was when I first really started watching NFL, besides watching the Panthers and the 49ers and Brett Favre. But anyways, Heinz Ward, this is what I want to talk about with Heinz Ward. The Dark Knight Rises. <gasps> Fantastic. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't even think about it. That's great. Fantasy football team set in Gotham. They're at, what, Metal Life Stadium or something? Uh, no, I think it was the, the Pittsburgh Steelers Stadium. Oh, it might have been. So in. they're in a yellow and black Pittsburgh Stadium, kick off the ball. Heinz Ward catches the ball in the end zone. Bane comes out simultaneously from the tunnel, presses a detonator. Field starts exploding from one end to the other. But somehow Heinz Ward is fast enough. At 40 years old, this is a retired Heinz Ward in this movie, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) 
Heinz Ward is running just fast enough that the ground is exploding and collapsing behind him. And he I don't even think he notices. I think he's mm. just running a hundred yard kickback. Oh, he point. got he got the touchdown and then he noticed. Did he fall in the hole? No, he turned around at the end of the touchdown and looked and there was no football. So all those lives there. were lost, but Heinz Ward made it. He got a touchdown. I think they also win the game technically, but well, if the other team dies, what a pool! What a pool of like that was. You are so right. What a random thing to be like, yo, Heinz Ward. Do you want to be in Batman: Dark Knight Rises? And he said yes. Why would I not? They're like, what? Are, he's like, what am I doing? Like an extra as a cop or something? You're returning a hundred yards. He's kick. like, no, you're actually going to play football. He's like, God, I guess I'll do it. He's like so sad. How been often? Taking acting classes, and he just keeps getting scripted as Heinz Ward, the football player. I think that's what happens every time, right? It's the only thing that would happen. This is the tragedy of Heinz Ward's life. He's wanted. We're gonna have to cast Heinz Ward, but he's going to be a football player in our movie. Better bring your helmet and shoulder pads with you, bud. (laughs) All right. With that, uh, we're sorry, Heinz Ward, for your acting career. (laughs) Here, I'm going to play a little violin as we get out of here. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.